It's time for Rapid Fire Friday on the Overreaction Sports Network with your host, Joe Miller. What is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into Rapid Fire Friday on the Overreaction Buffalo Sports Network. I am the voice of the Overreaction Buffalo Sports Network. My name is Joe Miller. And you can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wire. Do me a favor, whatever platform you are consuming this podcast on, please like, please subscribe to this podcast. I have three weekly shows for you, Mafia Monday, Wake Up Wednesday, and this here is Rapid Friday. And believe me, you don't want to miss a single episode ever. Every Friday, I have a special guest on where I do 10 quick questions with that guest. Uh, and you are not going to want to miss this guest either. So it is good to have you, whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee at the gym with your AirPods in or on the drive to work. Let me just say one more time, welcome. I don't want to wait any longer. Uh, the guest I have coming in for you, you all should know, he's the coolest cat on the walk. Bill's beat reporter for Wufu Sports 1080, uh, co-host of the Believe in Bill's podcast with Ruben Brown and one of my very good friends, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mookie Hawkins. Mookie, how are you? Big Joe, what's up, baby? It's good. It's good. Uh, everything is good. Christmas is behind us. The blizzard of the generation, oh, <laughs> I guess is what it's being called, is now behind us. We didn't lose heat. Did you lose heat? Were you okay through the whole thing? I was okay. I, I was okay. I, I survived the blizzard of 22. You know, right. I, I had to help a few people that were stuck in front of my house, but, you know, that just comes with the territory, you know? Yep, yep. We were completely snowed in uh, as far as that goes. So there's all this conversation right now on Twitter. I know you've seen the energy about people being mad that the Bills drove home in their cars. And, like, I was stuck in my house and trapped. It's like you couldn't get out anyway. So they could at least get home. So what is the problem? So there's a lot of energy uh, right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, they need, to, they need to chill on that. I mean, first of all, they I mean, who wants to spend Christmas in Chicago? And right. then uh, you got a blizzard going on. And then, you know, there's nothing but women and children left at home, you know, by themselves with a blizzard going on. Of course, I'm going to take my car from Rochester or whatever airport I'm at. And I'm going to drive to, you know, be with my family and make sure that they're safe, you know? So, yeah. Come on, Bill's Mafia. Come on. <laughs> That's exactly right. I mean, there's a great deal of it, it, it. The driving ban thing to me is funny. And these aren't part of the questions that I'm going to be asking. We're just chatting now. The driving ban thing to me is funny because people go out. I, so I got, I was sick on Christmas. You were sick on Christmas and we had no like cold medicine in this house. So Christmas Eve, I'm a mess, bro. Like I, I'm a mess. And I drive down, I call 7-Eleven is open. Tops was closed. Wegmans closed. Everybody's closed. Dollar General's closed. But 7-Eleven was open on Route 5. And it's not that far from my house. And I'm like, babe, I got to go. Like, I got to go get cough drops. I got to go get NyQuil. I gotta <laughs> stuff. Dude, I get down there. There's people like I'm there for a reason. Like I got a legitimate reason. I Like I'm sick, right? And there's there was a line in that place. There were people grocery shopping, like full full on shopping carts at 7-Eleven. There was a woman in there that was driving like a little Chevy Cruze thing that was not ready for the snow with potato chips and a bottle of like Dr. Pepper. I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, what is happening? So people were going out anyway. Nobody got tickets. They were even Byron Brown today said that they were not telling the National Guard or anybody to give anybody tickets. Like, let's not focus on that. Let, let's right. take care of the things we need to focus on. At the end of the day, let the dudes go home to their wife and kids, right? Right. 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 Absolutely. So. I mean, who wants to be stuck in Chicago 
on Christmas. Or Rochester. Who wants to go right. from Chicago to Rochester and be stuck in Rochester? Or Rochester to Chictawaga and be stuck in Chictawaga? It's just, yeah, it's yeah, just crazy. So, but everybody, welcome into Rapid Fire Friday. Uh, Mookie, thank you so much for being a part of this show. I'll give you an opportunity at the end just to tell people where they can find you. But I think everybody knows you. And if they don't know you, they know your voice. They hear you in the post-game press conferences. But just so you kind of know, I do this every Friday, and it's 10 quick questions with a special guest. You, Mookie, have been elected. And I have not given you the questions. It's customary. I tell the, the listeners this every week to give the questions to your guest ahead of time so they know what they're getting into. But I like to kind of do things a little different for this one. So you have not been given them. Are you ready to go? Hey, shoot away. All right. So first question, are the Buffalo Bills going to win this whole thing this year or what? <laughs> Super Bowl, baby. Is they, they, they effing better. <laughs> they effing better, Joe. I mean... I mean, to be realistic about this, real, real, the Bills should really be undefeated. Like, these last two games, guys should be resting, mm. you know, in my eyes. I mean, they had no business losing to Minnesota. They had no business losing to the Jets. I mean, they really didn't have no business losing to Miami. But if you want to give a loss to the Bills, I would give them that one. Mm -hmm. um, even though Josh Allen threw 63 damn times in 120-degree weather and everybody running nine routes, Mm. Still didn't feel the reason of why they was doing that, but they felt the need to do it, and they lost the game. You were up double digits versus the Jets. Don't want to run the ball. Uh, you, you let them come back against a, a Zach Wilson guy who mm. don't blitz, and we all know if you blitz him, uh, he's not that good. Mm. Um, Minnesota, you're up 17 in the fourth quarter. Why are we not running the football? Mm. You know, and then now you make the most miraculous comeback in, I guess, NFL history until they play the Indianapolis Colts a right. couple of weeks later. So, Again, the Bills should at least be, you know, have one loss or undefeated right now. And this Cincinnati game should really shouldn't be mattering. Yeah, I had uh, I had Reed Ferguson on the show on the Rapid Fire program uh, a couple weeks back, and we were talking. It was it wasn't long after the Jets' loss, and he basically said we lost three games by a total of eight points. We're not worried. Like we're not worried. But you're 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 dead on. Like this Bills team could very easily be undefeated right now total of eight points in three losses and at the end of the day it what i'm excited about most is the fact that they're still i'm not excited about them continuing to hurt themselves they're still continuing to kind of hurt themselves in games but they're learning to overcome those hurts without it all being on josh allen's arm it's not all on his back okay josh fix it we made mistakes or josh you made mistakes fix it like now the running game's coming at, like coming to play the defense is showing up uh, if ever there was a time, uh, this is absolutely the time. So, yeah, I agree with you. If there's a year to do it, this is and, – and they've overcome all this weather crap, right? Three games in 11 days. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just – it's been a nightmare. So, <laughs> quick quick question for you. Who is your NFL MVP right now, and who could make a push in the final two weeks? Uh, I'll say Jalen Hurst is the MVP right now. Um, Joe Burrow and Josh Allen can make a pitch. I'm so over the Patrick Mahomes thing. Really? Like, I had this theory, and, and you know, I, I, and, I, and I take it, I know it's not college football, but for instance, the Heisman. The Heisman goes to the best college player in college football. And, you know, he's judged by his overall body of work. Um, when you look at Patrick Mahomes' overall body of work, do he have the numbers? Yes, he's mm. leading the league in just about every passing category you can think of right now. But here's the thing. They almost lost to a one-loss team in Houston. They, they had to win it in overtime. 
Um, they almost lost to a not-so-good Denver Broncos team. He threw three interceptions in that game. Nobody's talking about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. They lost to the damn Indianapolis Colts, mm-hmm. for crying mm-hmm. out loud. Mm-hmm. What did he do in that game? Oh, he threw an interception. Uh, you know, he didn't beat Josh Allen. He didn't beat Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand how he's the MVP of the league when you have not beat any elite quarterback. Okay, we say Justin Herbert or whatever, but sure. you, you didn't beat Josh Allen. You didn't beat Joe Burrow. So if this was college football and you didn't beat the two top other Heisman candidates, you're not winning a Heisman. You ain't winning. It's just that simple. So I'm over with Patrick Mahomes being the front runner for, you know, uh, the MVP. Right now, I still say it's Jalen Hurts because, I mean, who would have thought that Philadelphia would be in the position and the record right now that they have? Yes. A side question, just as far as conversation goes, um, it seemed to me, I don't remember who I was talking to. I was talking to somebody on a show somewhere. That I mean, it, you could easily, I mean, to cut you out, Joe, yeah. how about, how about, how about Justin Jefferson being mentioned? Oh, for in sure. The MVP. I mean, look at the, the season that he's having. I mean, he could clearly break uh, Megatron's receiving record. Yes. Nobody's talking about. I mean, well, look what he did against us. I mean, look at a guy that team's try to stop every week he's catching 10 10 catches a, a game and over 125 yards a game you can't stop this guy so i mean they, you might as well throw him in the picture as they, well. they played the giants this weekend and like freaking uh it's getting down to the end the giants are looking to push it into overtime and the vikings are driving down the field i think it was third or fourth down <laughs> and freaking kirk cousins drops back and just throws it at Ju- justin jefferson and i literally tweeted it's almost 2023 do we not know that he's going to throw the ball at Justin? Je- I was at the Bills game. I'm standing in the, the house capital box, luxury suite. I'm like, he's going to throw it to Justin Jefferson. There it goes. Ball goes to Je- like over Orphan and over 18. <laughs> like, come on. Everybody, including Jimmy Hoffa, know that he was throwing Every- the ball to Justin Jefferson. On Everybody knows. No, that's uh, you are you are 100% on that. I was going to say Jalen Hurts. Just I noticed, I think it was the first Eagles primetime game they had. It, they're running or were running at that point in time a very similar, like, offensive style game plan to what they were running Josh Allen in 20 and 21 as far as like booting him out getting him out in the flats and letting him throw on the run and stuff like that and kind of create off script a little bit. Uh, so that's a, a really good call. I like that. I'm kind of over the Patrick Mahomes thing too. And I haven't heard anybody make the negative case, the opposite case that you made that he did not beat Joe Burrow. He did not beat Josh Allen. So therefore, you know, any loss that he had a bad loss to the Colts, right? Um, those are, that's actually really solid. I just say like if Josh Allen would have struggled against the, uh, Denver, if Josh Allen would have uh, took yep. Houston Texans to overtime, we'll never hear the end of it. No, you, you, you are. Know I mean, that's all people will be talking about. You know yeah. what I mean? So how not you're not talking to, about that to Patrick Holmes? Yeah. You know, he can't do no wrong. Oh, he could just do no look ma- magical passes and all that you're given. Oh, give him the MVP. Like, come on. <laughs> oh, they want to make an excuse because he don't have Tyreek Hill. You have the best tight end in 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 Ever. the history of football. Ever. Ever. Yeah. hundred percent, yeah, dude. Totally with you. So the Patriots, you know, they went from being the class of the NFL for 20 years, uh, a team whose opponents, especially the bills, our team would literally piss down their legs if they got a lead on them in the third or in the fourth quarter, and then they would self-destruct. Uh, and, 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 and now it seems like the Patriots have become that team that has like invented ways to lose football games in what, in, in your opinion, in opinion, I should say, what is going on with that franchise? Is it all Belichick? Is it because I know they want to blame Matt Patricia, and they want to and they want to blame Joe Judge. It's not them. It's it's got to be something like that. The details that mattered, 
don't seem to be as important in that franchise right now. Would you agree? I would agree, but hey, Joe, hey, man, every dog has its day. And this <laughs> okay. right now is just New England's day. I mean, Belichick has trust issues. Uh, it's, it's quite obvious when, you know, Josh McDaniels really raped him. He took everybody in the offensive mm-hmm. cabinet and took them to Vegas with mm-hmm. him. So who do he trust? I mean, the next person in line will be a Brian Dable type. Uh, you got Bill O'Brien outside of Alabama, who they're begging right now to come back. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, what do you do when you make a defensive coordinator and a special teams coordinator split the, you know, the offense? And that's really not their thing. So, I mean, there's some real trust issues there. Uh, and, and Belichick is... You know, I don't know if he's still bitter over the Brady thing, but yeah. I mean, hey, every dog has his day. Uh, you should have prepared more having a plan B. Mm. And obviously, New England didn't. And, you know, hey, I love the shit show in New England right now. <laughs> clown car. I keep hashtagging clown car. It's such a clown car, dude. It's crazy over there. You just talked about uh, Josh McDaniels taking everybody to the Raiders, and Josh McDaniels has just benched his quarterback. Um, you know, and not only have they benched the quarterback, I don't know if you've seen the recent tweet from <clears throat> from uh, uh, Ian Rappaport, but he's going to be away from the team for the last two games of the season, which basically means that Derek Carr is done in, in Vegas forever, and they're moving to Jared Stidham, at least for now. What have you heard? What have you make of that situation? Because as I looked at, so I've got some stats, uh, if I can pull them up here real quick. Derek Carr isn't exactly playing the worst football ever. He's got more interceptions than Josh Allen by one, right? Uh, his QBR is like 13th in the NFL. I, I, I This was – he's thrown for 3,500 yards. He's got a completion percentage of 60%. His, his uh, quarterback rating is – I don't even know where it's at. I can't see it off, off this. Oh, rating right here uh, is an 86. Like, this, these aren't benchable numbers. These aren't – you're the problem. Yes, it's you, Right. Hey, when it comes down to winning, when it comes down to making that one play from the quarterback, they're not making them. And yeah. that's the big difference. I mean, um, they, the Raiders have lost a lot of close games, and it all falls on the hands of Derek Carr. Mm. I don't know if you heard Josh Jacobs rant in the locker room. You can go on my Twitter I feed. Did. You can, I did. And you can look at that. And he said it's been going on for four years. A lot of BS has been going on. And he's sick of it. So what do you do? Are you going to get rid of Josh Jacobs or <laughs> your best player on the but, team? But they or tried to get rid of Josh Jacobs. They were looking to move him in preseason. Right. And so he found out how valuable Josh Jacobs really is to that offense. And he knows that he can't find another Josh Jacobs. It's sad that they didn't exercise the option because now they're going to have to franchise tag him because mm. I'm not sure if Josh Jacobs want to be there either. But, you know, going mm. forward for these next two games, you do have Josh Jacobs. So, hey. If they saying, you know, the same thing that we'll be saying, if you're up in late in games and, and, and it's cold out, why not run the football? Run it. You know, why not run the football? Why is we putting it in Derek Carr's hands to mess things up? And yeah, what do you yeah. do? Mess them up. You know, when, when we need you to make a play, you're throwing interceptions. Yeah. You know, you're not making plays when the team needs you to make plays. The defense is getting the necessary stops. There's nothing wrong with the run game, obviously. So when it's time to, to, to make a play at the quarterback position, it's not happening. And, you know, Kyle, you're not Josh Allen to the point where you can get away with that, mm. you know? So, yeah. so when you heard Josh Jacobs say that, that it's been going on for years and I'm sick of it, did you immediately know he was talking about Derek Carr 
or where or where the dots connected obviously oh, yeah it couldn't have been josh mcdaniels josh mcdaniels only been there for one year see i immediately so the, the yeah. common denominator of that conversation is Derek carr well except I, the fact that they've had coaching issues right i mean gruden wasn't exactly great and the guy that replaced gruden at first wasn't great um yeah but look how many games that Derek carr blew last year year before that <laughs> and the year before that when you could have easily been running the ball with josh jacobs car just seems like such a serviceable game manager a guy that isn't normally going to lose a game for you but maybe i mean it's just it's just wild to me so it's you know needless to say Derek carr is going to end up someplace else than vegas i wouldn't surprise me if he's a jet or a dolphin right or a patriot next year i say jimmy g goes to the jets it's just too much familiarity with Saline and the oh, 49ers for him not to be there mm-hmm. i think jimmy g is a perfect fit for the new york market mm-hmm. you know and i, I just think that jimmy g would probably be going to the jets um you know but we still can we still can knock the Jets off with Jimmy gotcha. G being a quarterback. Gotcha. Last uh non-Bills related uh question for you, just because there's a lot of Bill or a lot of NFL news going around right now. You know, Tua, as we know, is in concussion protocol for the third time. Uh, and people are talking everything from sitting the rest of the year uh to retirement, which is crazy. Mike McDaniel came out, I think, today and said, Look, this is his life. We just need to give him space to make some decisions or come to some conclusions. And I love talking to you because even already, like I knew that you have heard, you've known, you've whatever, can kind of figure some stuff out. In your circles, are you hearing anything about the immediate, about long term, about kind of what's going on down there? Um, not really. Um, but at the end of the day, it's the Dolphins' fault. He should have never came back in the game against the Buffalo Bills. Right. But y'all wanted to win the game so bad. So y'all put him in there. He makes a play. And then the very next game, he goes and, and, and hit his head and, mm-hmm. you know, all hell breaks loose. So now he puts himself, he puts the brain in trauma. And so anytime he hits his head, it's going to go to more severe trauma than it right. normally would if you would have just kept him out how y'all supposed to. So now, you know, it's talk about, you know, his career going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, and, you know, it is a contract year for him as well. So what do the Dolphins do? I mean, do now you do you push a guy to the side that gave you his life mm. that put his life on the line for you? What type of organization are you, Miami? You mm. know what I mean? If that was to happen, you know, not good. Miami is not in a good situation right now because of that. But I would say, I would say Tua do need to take some time off. Mm. Maybe he need to sit it down for a year and 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 get his 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 mind and everything in order. You know what I mean? So he, you know, he, he won't have these reoccurrences. He's right. going to have to take some time off for his his brain to fully heal, mm-hmm. to, you know, to be ready to, to be completely healthy to play again. Right. So, I mean, I would suggest that, but it's hard to tell a person that, you know, when he's a competitor, uh, you know, his family, this is how he feeds his family, yep, stuff yep. like that. So I, I really feel for two. I really do. Yeah, Josh said as much, right? I understand the athlete, the player that just wants to get back in the game and doesn't, you know, I know what I signed up for. I know what I got in this for. You know, this is the bed and I'm going to lay in it. So just put me back in. So, yeah, I'm with you. And I, there's a point where, you know, it, it, the, the person is more important than the player. And that's clearly where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, transitioning off of that type of stuff, you know, I think <clears throat> what I love about you uh, you know, your personality, the way that you frame questions and stuff like that. And as a beat reporter for the Buffalo Bills, uh, you know, your, 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 your personality carries weight and it carries you and it kind of precedes you where you go. Um, you know, everybody that I run into at tailgates and at Bill's 
parties and different bars and stuff like that they'll talk to me about you because they know that you know you and i are friends and they'll ask me if you're coming and i'm like I'll, and i've done it to you i'll text you and i'll be like hey this is where we are if you want to show up <laughs> um you've got even and it even carries into the locker room you've got a very unique relationship with the bills players what do you ascribe that to because when i see you interact with the players and ask them questions and i think it was mcdermott even this week or one of them was like yeah thanks Mook. appreciate you too or i don't even remember but what do you ascribe that to? Because it's not like you're going, you're not sending them a box of chocolates with the question. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, I don't know. I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a football player. I heard I'm a football coach. Uh, you know, I, I mean, before I became media and, you know, and, and the bills weren't good. Mm -hmm. I used to read the paper and I'd be like, well, damn, like are the media mm -hmm. with the other team is just like bad. So, you know, I always vow, you know, give an opportunity that I would give them nothing but, you know, positive, positive press. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I, I told Miss Pagula that in the Super Bowl one year that, you know, I appreciate the opportunity and I, I, I'll give you nothing but positive press until it's time for me to, you know, to right. do my job and, you know, ask the tough questions or right. be right. slightly negative or whatever the case may be. But, you know, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a positive person at heart. That's just my nature. So I'm going to always keep it football. I, I, I'll leave it up to the rest of my colleagues to see fit however they want to feel like they ask their questions. Mm -hmm. But nine times out of 10, those guys know they're going to get a football question from me. So maybe that gives those guys uh, some 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 ease to yeah. know that, you know, they're going to get, you know, a good question. Like even when, you know, if you peeped the uh, Stefan Diggs, uh, uh presser last week and he's like mm -hmm. oh finally something good you know mm -hmm. he, he you know he was uh you know being funny with that but you know yeah I, I mean when it's time to ask the tough questions i don't have a problem asking the tough questions it's just how i'm asking them and those guys are comfortable with answering them because they're going to get you know a clear-cut real question to answer by instead of something you know conniving or negative yeah. Do you find, because I've had many conversations with just, uh, you know, and, I, and I'm not looking for you. If you don't care to answer this one, that's fine. This isn't one of my questions. This is kind of an extra bonus question. Do you find it challenging to be, because I know you're a fan. I know you're a Bills fan. Like, I know that, you, you know, you've got this in your heart. I know you love football. That's where, like, the football questions come from. But a lot of times I had, I had Matt Perino on just a couple weeks ago, and, like, he takes being objective incredibly serious like that's like the most important thing to him is that he doesn't put himself in what he feels would be a compromised situation where he's being called out as being a fan mm -hmm. and you have been like by other guys in the media room but i don't take your questions that way at all i think you ask proper questions i don't think that they are necessarily negative focused but when they've got to be hard when you are pushing down on things aren't firing on all cylinders right now are they versus this doesn't look like a Super Bowl offense. Like, <laughs> like you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Do you find that walk, that rope that you have to walk hard, or is it pretty simple for you? I mean, I don't find it hard, but, you know, I, that's what make our beat so unique. Everybody has different styles. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, everybody's style isn't the same when you look at everybody, you know, and right. that's what I'm really noticing about, you know, being in a room with those guys. That was really makes us unique and, mm -hmm. and great because we do have, you know, different styles, but it's all for one common goal is to, you know, get the questions out that, you know, the fans would like to hear, you know what I mean? If, if fans were, were to hear my style of questions all the time from every reporter, then, you know, it won't come off as genuine as True. it comes off. Right. Yep. You know, when Matt Perino asks his questions, if they may seem objective, guess what? 
that's that's unique Matt right there. People mm-hmm. were expecting that from Matt. So, you know, I, I, I love how unique our, our beat is and what they bring to the table. And, you know, I learn each every time I step in the room with those guys, you know, but um, I, hey, it just whatever, whatever comes to mind with me. That's just how I ask. I mean, sometimes I prepare the questions, mm. but, you know, I prepare them. But nine times out of ten, I just shoot from I just shoot. That's awesome. No, that's great. And I, and I love it. And I appreciate it. You know, so y- you became, when did you become an actual official bills beat reporter? It's been four years now, four years. And what was, what was that journey like for you? And it was this always a dream. So tell, I guess, tell us a little bit about just that journey to becoming a bills beat reporter. And was this, I guess would be the, the, the cherry on the top of that one. Was this like a dream? Was this something you always dreamed of? Or is this something that just kind of happened? Um, it just kind of happened, but it was kind of like a dream when I sit back and like, damn, like, <laughs> you know, I went from hanging out with these guys to now I'm, I'm covering the guys. Like, so, you know, I, it kind of worked out that way. I, I, was, I really was a freelance. Uh, I was a freelance, you know, mm-hmm. I was a freelance, you know, sports journalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had um I have my own called Sports Cube TV, you know, mm. and it's kind of like a Buffalo Sports Center to where mm. me being a little league, a high school football coach, I would go to all the little league games and I would tape them mm. and then I would I would do the highlights like how ESPN would do, but That's with awesome. the little league games. I do the play by play, I give you all the Stuart Scott stuff, I give mm. you all that. And then That's I cool. interview the coaches and the kids afterwards. I go to the high schools and do the exact same thing, mm. and then I'll blend it in with all the stuff that's going on with major league sports and stuff like that. So that was sports cube TV. So um, I used to apply for credentials and then, Hey, you know, I couldn't get them because I was a TV radio newspaper. And that's, you know, that's, that's the only way to get a credential. And, you know, my overall body of work for the past, what's the first six years, you know, just paid off. And a lot of people saw my work and um, opportunity became at the radio station where, you know, uh, Miss Sheila Brown gave me opportunity to be the sports director there. And, you know, they've been covering the bills for over 30, 40 years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, ironically here I am. So again, you know, I, I promise to be, you know, the best, you know, I can possibly be in the eyes of the Bills. And, yes, I've been a fan all my life. And I tell my colleagues, I do not care if y'all say I am a fan. I am a fan. <laughs> you have to be a fan of somebody. You know, I just so happen to be a guy that covers my favorite team. Yeah. Nobody has a problem with Nick Wright when he, you know, talks about the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeesh. So w- what's the problem with me, you know, right. covering my favorite team? So, right. uh, you yeah. know, I just tell them, I just stay. Hey, you know, hey, it is what it is. If y'all don't like me being a fan of the Bills, that's just y'all opinion. Yeah, y'all don't need to tell me that because it's not going to change anything. The coolest part about your story is that it coincides and goes along with Matt Perino, and it goes along with uh, several other Bills beat guys that were putting in work, were doing the grind, and like putting in like not unnoticed but not quite as noticed work until an opportunity like showed up. And it just it just it it just speaks to listeners and it speaks to young people that if you want it bad enough, put the work in now. Just do the work. Even if it's not there, do the work now and just keep grinding, keep grinding, keep grinding. And if you do it good enough and you're faithful to it, the doors are going to open for you. And yeah, you, the doors you're... open. I mean, you know, a lot of people think I, I didn't go to school or anything like that. I went to school. I took sports marketing and management, which right. required a, a course of journalism. I didn't graduate, you With know, from yeah, Newhouse right. and, and all that <laughs> stuff. I mean, I really didn't need 
you know, my sports marketing degree to get the job that I got. My overall right. body of work got me that alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. So, I mean, people want to say that's, that's you know, that's a red flag or they don't deserve that. I or that I feel that I, I deserve to be where I'm at. That's their opinion. Yeah. You know, but hey, I, hey, I love what I do. I think I'm kind of good at what I do. You and I'm learning every day, you know, as I go, you know, I mean? the reality, I can't, I can't wait for practice tomorrow. <laughs> the reality of this is 80%. There's a, a statistic that that's like 80% of all college graduates never work in their field of study. I'm a marketing major, never had a marketing job. And I'm really good at my real job. Like nobody looks at me. My coworkers don't look at me and be like, yeah, sure. You're blowing out your numbers, but you don't have a degree in this. Like, that's not what they say to me. They're like, oh, that guy's really good at his job. It's funny. Well, you know, according to, you know, one guy, and I, you know, I ain't going to say no names. He feel that I don't belong. So you belong. You, know, you belong. I do. Uh, I do it to mess with him all the time. That's funny. That's funny. So not everybody knows this, but you did say it already. Uh, we've got a couple more questions for you, by by the way, three. Uh, but you are a football coach. Um, how long have you been coaching football? And talk about your love for teaching the next generation. Not only, and I'm just now finding out as, as well, not only teaching them about football, but elevating what they were doing, right? You were trying to bring publicity and kind of make it even more exciting for them. So just talk about your love for coaching and how long you've been doing it. And yeah. I've been coaching since I was 16 years old. Wow. You know, I'm about to tell my age out here, but you know, I've been coaching for over 30 <laughs> years. Um, you know, whether it's little league or or high school. And, mm -hmm. you know, Corey Graham, he won me my first little league championship in 1998. Really, we all know who Corey Graham is. Yes, Corey Graham won two Super Bowls, one with the Bills, one and 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 one with uh, excuse me, one with the Eagles and one mm -hmm. with the Ravens. Uh, he ended up coming back playing for the Bills in his biggest contract ever. Who would have ever thought that the Bills would pay a hometown local product for four year contract for damn near 16 to 20 million dollars? Right, that's right. never happened. But Corey, you know, being who he is, um. That's just how Corey is. Corey has been a great A student since I've known him. Mm. Even in his days of playing with the Bills, we have talks and he'd be like, man, I think I'm just doing myself a disservice. And I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, you, you have a storybook ending. Like, you got Super Bowl rings. You got Pro Bowls. Like, you're playing for your favorite team, your childhood mm. team. And the only thing he can care about was going back to school. So mm. what he do? He goes to back, he goes to University of Michigan, get his doctorate in in, in business. This is the type of kid that Corey Graham was. Corey was no, a no Kodak way. Academic All American wow. at University of New Hampshire. Wow. You know, a lot of people didn't know that. But uh another guy, Steve Means. I coached Steve Means. Steve Means, I coached for three years in the league. He ended up getting the Corey Graham Award at our banquet because I just yeah, knew Corey cool. was just gonna go to the league for some strange reason. They end up playing together in Philly and winning the Super Bowl. So how many coaches can say that's cool that they coached two different kids on two different occasions that made it to the NFL, played on the same damn team and won the Super Bowl? Together. That's pretty so, cool. That's pretty you know, cool. That's that's something that I that I hold closely to. That's awesome. You know, my heart. So I I feel that, you know, I had an opportunity and, you know, I had to make a decision early in my life that I want to, you know, but me making the pros was going to be a reality for me or would I to go and, you know, work at General Motors. I chose mm -hmm. to work at General Motors and help the kids, you know, mm -hmm. live their gifts. And, mm -hmm. you know, as long as they stay the course, good things will happen. I can't say that I, I you want to save them all, you know what I mean? Be mm -hmm. coached for 30 years, but. You know, um, it's been a lot of them that, you know, has been great fathers and great civilians in the cities that they live in, earned scholarships. And, you know, a few have lived their gift of winning Super Bowls and playing in the NFL. So, you know, um, 
that's all I can ask for at the end. No, of the dude, day. that's that's awesome. That's a that's an incredible story. The only connection I have to Corey Graham is I believe the rumor has it that he lived in the neighborhood I lived in, or that I live in currently <laughs> for a couple of years. I live in Lakeview, and my understanding is that he rented one of the houses that's mm-hmm. in my yep. neighborhood. So people tell me all the time because they're like, "You're the overreaction guy." Did you know Corey Graham lived in our neighborhood? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> well, yeah, like seven other people have told me, but yeah, I, I definitely can't verify. But yes, I've heard that. Uh, that's a great story. Um, you know, the, the only white life worth living MOOC is a life of sacrifice. And that's what you're talking about. You're talking about giving up, you know, your time, your talents, your giftings, and the things that you've learned and passing it on to a generation to bring them up and raise them up stronger than maybe you were raised and you were brought up. And that's a legacy, bro. That legacy of having two guys coach two guys that played together in a Super Bowl and won Super Bowl champions. That's uh that's something to be that's yeah, they a- sent me the picture. You know, our team colors were the same as Philadelphia, green that's and awesome. black. So they kind of really, you know, you know, they they was they was really hyped up about that. Like that's awesome. you know, back in that they the picture they sent me, they were standing, you know, obviously on on the Super Bowl field yeah. and saying, Yeah, we back in the green and black. And they went out and, you know got that ring baby that's so awesome. you know that's you know some proud moments some proud moments there that's awesome so turning to the bills and i've got two more questions for you and then i'll get you out of here uh we have seen the bills slow down just other dominant offensive teams this year so you, when you th- figure they've played the dolphins they played them twice and even in the, the week three loss they slowed that offense down quite a bit uh they beat the chiefs right so they slowed that offense down as, as well what do you expect to see this monday night uh with this defense the bills defense against that Bengals? offense that's it's potentially with burrow the best you, you got the dolphins that have tua and an you know incredible weapons and then you've got the chiefs that have mahomes and not as good of weapons as the dolphins now you've got the Bengals that's probably in the middle right great quarterback great weapons so what are you expecting to see from this defense i want the bills as a whole to be to be what teams are not expecting them to be you know, I don't want them to be, you know, in the shotgun all day. Mm. Get Josh Allen, get up on the center because now mm. they don't know if you're handing the ball off or you're right. going to do play action or anything right. like that. You know, they're a much better team when they're running the football. Uh, on the defensive side, I do not want to see them being aggressive. Like, you have to blitz Joe Burrow. I mean, we cannot sit back. Mm. And and just let Mixon and P Ryan run all over us, right, and right. then we're playing ten yards off of Jamar Chase and T mm. Higgins, mm-hmm. and they're just going to just take what they give us and march down the field. Mm. You know, we don't have Von Miller out there, so I would like to see defensively those guys mix it up. You got to fight fire with fire. I want the Bills to play Monday night totally different than they played all season, and they haven't really played. Mm. You know, to the Super Bowl team that everybody expecting them to be. They have not brought that type of team out yet. The closest I say was New England on Thursday night probably was the best you've seen the Buffalo Bills play as a Mm. whole. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is for home field advantage, something Mm -hmm. Coach McDermott had marked on his calendar since day one. And he's a firm believer on the road to the Super Bowl always happens if you can take care of home field. And if they can have home field, I mean – I mean, you see what's going on outside. What team that you know that's going to come in here and beat the Buffalo Bills at this point? So you have one game to show everybody that you deserve to have home field. Mm. So you have to think outside the box and do something that teams are not really expecting you to do and just be that team. Mm. And, you know, I think the good things is going to happen. I, I have no doubt in my mind that the Bills are going to come out victorious on Monday night. 
So the uh, the Bills are wildly known as a non-blitzing team, and they had I think they had the lowest blitz percentage in the league up into the point where Von Miller got injured, and then the Bills started blitzing. Uh, has that come up? Because I surely haven't caught every press conference. I know I haven't. Oh, you know I'll be asking. I've been asking about blitzing. I've there been, you go. You know, I've been I've been I've been disguising <laughs> it a little bit. You know, just trying to remind them, hey man, you you know you've been blitzing pretty good. Keep that up, coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you know, man, our Dorsey, are we going to run Singletary the same way we ran him in the last six minutes in Miami? Like that's what's working. Keep doing it. Don't yeah. go away from it. And hey. You seen it in the last six minutes versus Miami. You saw it carry over into Chicago. Both yep. of your running backs almost having 100 yards. There's no reason for the Bills not to run the football going yep. forward. Yep. You know, so I'm definitely got a lot of questions to ask tomorrow. So as I said, I'm I'm excited to practice tomorrow because I nice. definitely want to put a lot of batteries in a few people's back <laughs> come <laughs> Thursday to get ready for this Monday night game against Cincinnati. That's awesome. Last question for you, Mookie. Uh, could the next decade of Allen Mahomes Burrow, the, the I should say the Allen Mahomes Burrow era, be as good as the Kelly Marino Elway era that you and I grew up with? Could it be as good? Could it be better? It could be good. It, it, it could. It, I can't say better because, you know, those guys did it. I mean, you look at the Marino. Marino only made it to one Super Bowl for crying out loud. Yeah, but I think you those three I mean? quarterbacks made up all of the – like the majority of the Super Bowls in that time, like it was Tom Brady, like for the last 20 years, but for like that era, mm -hmm. it was Kelly Marino and Elway, you know, obviously there was a, there was a, a size and sprinkled in here and there or whatever, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's little sprinkles here and there, but you know, when you look at that 83 class, I mean, everybody's saying that's the, one of the best classes, the quarterback classes in NFL history. And, you know, when you look at this next crop, I mean, you can even throw Justin Hayward in that sauce. Yes. I almost you know? did. So, I almost did. Um, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it's it's turning more and more into a passing league. Uh, you're starting to see more. You're going to start seeing 5,000-yard passers mm. like you wouldn't believe in the next couple of the years. Like 5,000 is, is going to be just like the norm mm. in the next five years mm. <laughs> with throwing the football. So I'm really excited to what the future, uh, you know, has to bring uh, with Allen and Mahomes and, and Burrow and, and mm -hmm. Justin Hayward. And man, let's not, you know, if Deshaun Watson can get his, his, his act together up in Cleveland, regain his old form, how he was in Houston, who knows? I mean, right. you know, it's a lot of, you got Russell Wilson still out there in Denver, you know, so it's, it's, man, it's a lot of gunslingers in that AFC now, but mm -hmm. those four are definitely the cream of the crop right now. That's awesome. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to the uh, Rapid Fire Friday episode on the Overreaction Buffalo Sports Network with my guest, 10 Questions with Mookie Hawkins. Mookie, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter, social media, where they can find your work, all that good stuff. Hey, man, you know, um, I'm all over. You know what I mean? I'm all over like Dog Doodle. You know, you can uh, <laughs> catch me on Twitter at Wuffo Sports. That's W-U-F-O Sports. Mm -hmm. uh, you can just or you can just tag my name, M-U-K-I Hawkins. That's Mookie Hawkins on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simple. Yeah, the good news about Mookie, too, is if you follow him, uh, he will interact with you. So, Or even if you don't follow him, if you're out there and you're rolling. Ro oh, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm i not your average one. You know, I'm I'm, I'm with the shit. So, you know, <laughs> if, hey, I wasn't always a reporter. So, you know, right. hey, I, I, I interact, man. I interact. It's the I best part. I have no problem. I think the, uh, what the, obviously the moment that I knew you were definitely different, but uh, I was completely shocked when we did that first Humpty Hotline live thing at Magruder's and you showed up. I was like, I, I almost got nervous. Like, I was like, 
why is Mookie here? And Chase Betts is like, because he's the man. And I was like, I don't get it. Like, I mean, just I I mean, is it is it not normal for me not to show up at those events? Or I guess reporters just don't it's not, it's not normal for the other guys to show up know, at those to events. Show up, right? yeah, I mean, hard. you know, I never want to come off as like I'm better than anybody. Like, you know, who am I not to show up at, you know, y'all event? You know what I mean? Y'all know different than me. You know, I just I mean y'all know different. You know all, I mean? all I know is it was it was still was it still in the midst of COVID and we still had a good time, right? I mean we, oh, we had a great time. Every yeah. time we link up, we always have a great yeah, time. We had a blast. So, so but uh Appreciate you, Mook, but uh, let us get us up on, or let me get us up on here. So thank you everybody for tuning in to the Rapid Fire Friday episode on the Overreaction Buffalo Sports Network. My name is Joe Miller, hosted this year's show, this year's network. And uh, for me, for Mookie Hawkins, the Bills got to get a win. This is it. Number one seed on the line, everything on, hanging in the balance. Mookie, love you, dude. Go Bills. Happy New Year. Go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs>